0: hey everyone 511 has been just an incredible partner and they've given me a promo code that you certainly should take advantage of that is promo code clint c-l-i-n-t at checkout you can use this code in one of their stores or at 511 tactical.com i wear their pants like every day especially their brand new trail pant. These things are stretchy in every direction, yet sturdy enough so that I can still carry a concealed gun, put things in my pockets without worrying of it bulging. I mean, they're just a great all-around pant. You can wear them outside or you can dress them up for an evening date. But whatever it is you find in that store, make sure you use promo code CLINT C-L-I-N-T for 20% off. Now, this isn't going to apply to some of the sale items, but you can use it in-store or online at 511tactical.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast? Some admin stuff. We always love it when you go over to any platform. Give us five stars and some funny comments, because eventually we'll read them out loud and tag you in a post or on social somewhere. But be sure to go over five stars and some comments. They can be funny. They can be rude. I don't care. In fact, the more disgusting they are, the better. So head on over there and knock that out for us. Um, and also the ready room. I have to throw it out there. I haven't yet. I have the ready room over at ClintEmerson.com giving you safety tips, security tips, all kinds of cool skills. We've got videos, community, and other things back behind the paywall. And we have an early bird special going on. Um, And I think that's it. But uh, now I want to introduce this. uh, He is a great man. I want to use some good uh, political references here. He's a great, great, great man. He's a wonderful man. He's done wonderful things, and he's a wonderful guy. He is a director. He's a producer. He's an actor, stuntman, military, and technical advisor for film and television. He is an executive protection consultant and specialist. He is also a retired Navy SEAL Kevin Kent. Welcome to the show, buddy.
1: Thanks, buddy. How you doing? Appreciate it. That's a great intro. <laughs> it's
0: all it's all the truth,
1: correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. How have you been, man? It's been a while. I've been great. I've been great. I've been um uh... Oh man, where'd I begin? I've basically been living in Europe for the last couple of years, uh, working on Jack Ryan, season three and four. Uh, then I was in Albuquerque working on another show, a Netflix show called Obliterated. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm still trying to stay busy, trying to stay relevant in the film industry. Um, that's pretty much it. I've been home for the last couple of months, actually. It's been kind of good, hanging out with the family here in San Diego. Um, although it's been raining a ton, but overall it's been, it's been great. How about yourself?
0: Well, you know, we've known each other for a little while now you were in a, a class ahead of me, a couple of classes ahead of me in 200, I was in 203. And I remember, uh, you were like one of the first guys I saw when I checked in, you were, uh, you had your shirt off, you were in this Jeep and, uh, you went cruising by through that Bud's parking lot, like you owned it. (laughs) And, uh, I was like, man, that guy must be a seal. And then later I saw you out at the Island because I was one of the support guys, you know, so I was classing up or hadn't classed up yet. And there was 10 of us from class 203 sent out to support you guys out on the Island. And, um, and then there you were. I was like, "Oh, he's not a seal yet, but yeah, he's pretty cool because he like, drove wow. around with his shirt off." He's and his, cool, no geez. shirt.
1: And he said, "And he, said, <laughs> and he said, fuck you, nerds!' As he drove. That's by. pretty
0: much it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You did. You had you. You guys had a
0: class of, um, you know, very all, every single guy in there seemed like they pushed the limits to a certain degree when it came yeah. to instructors or all that. Man, there's some good guys. Pretty, pretty um, great.
1: Pretty great class.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you're a centennial class. That's always cool. Um, So to get warmed up, we're going to go through a rapid fire. I'm going to throw a couple items at you. You pick the one that comes to your mind first, and then we'll circle back around and uh, talk about why you picked what you picked. Okay. So I've got my Sharpie here. I'm going to circle your answers so that I, because God knows I'll forget it in a heartbeat. Okay. Here we go. A compass and map or a GPS. GPS. James Reese or Jack Ryan? Oh, of course, Jack Ryan. <laughs> I figured. West Coast or East Coast? West Coast. <laughs> Russia or China? Ooh, I'm gonna say Russia. All right. Rotary wing or fixed wing?
1: Rotary. Seals or zombies? Oh man, I'm gonna have to say seals.
0: Of course, we're gonna. That one's gonna be odd to everyone. They're gonna be like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> deployment or workup. Ooh, deployment. Pick a lock or blow the doors door off its hinges.
1: Mm, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say blow the doors. <laughs> You're so gay. I All know, right? right?
0: Pistol <laughs> or the pen. Pistol. i was gonna say sword but that's that's too cliche all right yeah and the last one sea air or land i'm gonna say air air all right okay let's circle back around you i gave you the choice of compass and map versus gps you picked gps what do you think why
1: yeah i don't know um i think i think now the technology is where it is to where i mean Almost do anything without a GPS is 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 ridiculous. Um, although I was one of those guys who type typed with his elbows and forehead on a computer. So I'm not that tech savvy. I had to get good at it whenever I was going through film school the last couple of years. But um, and even I remember, you know, when they issued us like that plugger at Ops. <laughs> And like trying to program that thing, there's like this giant brick, and you you know, you're out there in the ocean, like trying to work this thing going waypoint to waypoint. And you, you know, you literally just want to throw it in the ocean. So I guess, some, at some point, I had to, you know, bite the bullet and get tech savvy. So I'll, I'm definitely going to go with GPS. Yeah, I agree. And I remember the mugger and the
0: plugger. Yeah, you, you needed like a wheelbarrow to carry them around. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that's some old school technology. And I also remember, a lot of us were going, remember Magellan? They were kind of yeah. like ahead of of Garmin back in the day. And I remember going and spending 600 of my own dollars on that damn handheld Garmin because it be was Explorer, more, right? Yeah, is that what it was explore Magellan explore? I don't know. But it it was it was a it was way more accurate and user-friendly than our $10,000
1: mugger pluggers that we're getting yeah oh absolutely he's the first he's the first explorer that circumnavigated the world oh yeah yeah explorer yeah now i get it
0: okay you're putting the joke on me now i'm so dumb (laughs) i'm so dumb
1: um okay uh james reese versus jack ryan oh man that's a tough one too uh i did all four seasons of jack ryan so obviously i'm a little partial to uh to john (laughs) krasinski and that and that franchise you know i grew up you know, reading reading Tom Clancy books without remorse is still to this day one of my one of my all-time favorites. And even bought it bought a hardback copy and put on my son's uh on the back of my son's toilet to get him to to read the damn thing. I, it's still sitting there. It probably hasn't even cover hasn't even been cracked i mean i don't know if anybody still reads while they sit on the shitter or not but that used to be you know the national pastime for most people now it's like if you if you go into the bathroom and don't have your phone you go into like panic attack mode but um but i will say um i was actually supposed to do season one of of the terminal list with with chris pratt i worked with chris on the on uh the tomorrow war which was a great experience as well. So I will say both of those cats are, are really great dudes. Chris Pratt's a really great guy to work with. Um, as well as obviously Krasinski, I'm partial to because he's he's my homeboy and he uh you know, I worked with him on Thirteen Hours and, and the Jack Ryan franchise. He gave me a nice shout out on uh on the Colbert show, which was pretty funny as well. So I saw it. I saw it was I threw when you throw him out been, of the helicopter. To... <laughs> One of my favorite parts about doing the show is to interact with the military community and we were in uh, Black Hawk with all SEALs and that gentleman right there is Kevin Kent he's a wonderful guy and I've done four seasons with him. Yeah this guy which is now now you just labeled him as this guy he's so much more than that but as we were flying he said um you gonna do this stunt and I was like no they shot it this morning and he was like yeah it would look a lot cooler if you did it and I was like yeah we didn't plan for that so I don't even know what that would look like he goes it would look like Me grabbing the seatbelt, unbuckling you, and throwing you out of this helicopter. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that. And the camera guy was sitting there like this. Like, please don't do this. They hadn't told any of the producers or anything. And I went, all right, let's do it. And the camera guy jumps up. He unbuckled me and threw me out of the Blackhawk. And the camera guy got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. They showed the clip of you chunking them out. And then talking about how that was just completely like, you know, um what do you want to call that impromptu right like hey do you how badly do you want to get to that what was it a sub or a ship
1: yeah how bad do you want to get on that ship and ship, yeah. uh you know it's pretty funny because you know he he's a he's a manly guy i mean he's a big dude he's like six three and you know it's it's kind of intimidating you get in a, you get in a bird and there's you know there were four or five of us team guys in there we it was me paul toma uh Kaj Larson and uh an actually Air Force cat, um RJ Casey, uh who's a who's a PJ, are in there and you know Krasinski gets in there and we had already shot all the all the stunt stuff. And I'm like, hey, so you know we're gonna toss you out of here, right? And he's just like, no, no, no. We're just gonna hover down. I'm gonna gingerly get into the water. <laughs> and you know, I think he could see the look on our faces, and we're just like, whatever, whatever, dude. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we goaded him into that a little bit, but yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome, man. So cool. Um, okay, we'll keep going here. West Coast versus East Coast. Of course, you picked the West Coast, right? I'm I'm guessing because you've been there your whole life, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I did 15 years at SEAL Team Five. Um, obviously, the the layperson probably listen to your podcast all the all the West Coast teams are odd teams even teams are on the East Coast so one three five and seven are in San Diego I I showed up to team five in uh, 1995 stayed there for 10 years then went to SQT for two years went back to team five for five more years and then finished up my career um at the schoolhouse as a third phase instructor so nice yeah wow. I had a phenomenal time. You know, 15 years at, at one team, uh, you have a, a really gay tattoo on my arm, a SEAL Team 5 logo. And <laughs> hey, you so, have to. Yeah. 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 That was one of, that was one of my – that was actually my second tattoo I ever got, which was pretty crazy. I waited wow. like 14 years between my first and second tattoo. Yeah. yeah once that's... I got my second tattoo, that was Mike Martin – the uh, rest in peace that was my my first mike Martin tattoo and uh good dude the old yeah VR frog man. legend
0: yeah legend legend um yeah I, I waited until I was out before I got my arms all sleeved up you know and uh it's yeah. something I'd always wanted to do but I just was like eh, I better not do it just yet I'll wait until I'm out but, yeah um, yeah, I'm glad I did because you, you put a lot of thought, right? So I mean you want it to be thoughtful because it's on you for the rest of your life. So like the spon- like this one. Is that a spontaneous drunk one? Chicken dick butt. <laughs> <laughs> hand yeah. grenade. Oh, a hand grenade on your wrist. Yeah, that's nice. I <laughs> love it. Love it, buddy. All right. Yeah. Um, moving on. Russia or China. You picked Russia.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. I guess. Probably I've never, well, I I can't say I've been to both countries. I guess I have more favorable experiences in Russia than China, China. I sat in the airport for like 11 hours on a layover versus, um, going into, going into Russia and, and, you know, being around Moscow and stuff and filming some stuff there. So I guess that's, that's why I picked Russia. There's pretty, pretty great history in both of those countries. um, but, you know, I, I would say I would wouldn't mind exploring around China um, at some point. Obviously, there's, you know, the Great Wall and all those amazing sites there. But yeah. um, but yeah, I have yet to actually put a fair amount of time in that country versus Wh- Russia. Yeah. I mean,
0: which one do you worry about the most? do you worry about them as adversaries at all these days with all the yeah i mean
1: not to get too political but yeah i mean it seems like shit right now and i mean it's it's doubly is bad they're making partnerships with one another and you know obviously hindsight 2020 but you know throughout the 70s 80s 90s and 2000s we're just pumping all this money into china and um I mean, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I mean now we're kind of we kind of reaping what we sowed. We're kind of, you know, yeah. we're it's like we made our bed, we have to lay in it. Cause I mean, we we literally put trillions upon uh, trillions of dollars into that place. And um, you know, and a lot of it too is just people being being ultra greedy. I mean, I'm I'm up for making a buck as much as a, as much as the next person, but you know, at some point you have to maintain a sense of nationality. You know, it's like, is it worth more for me to um, be a, a, a trillionaire by mm-hmm. shipping all of my, you know, overhead overseas, or can I live with being a millionaire and maybe, you know, push some, push some jobs at home here. You know, I think that they call it the greatest generation for a reason, you know, because, you know, during World War II, those cats, they were, they were manufacturing everything here. And I mean, you know, even, even the car companies, you know, they stopped making cars for a period of time. And I mean, what are they, they're pumping out like B-17s, like however many per day, which is insane. They're just pumping out airplanes and building ships and just, you know, insane amounts of industry coming out of this country. Whereas now it's like, I mean, motherfuckers don't even know which fucking bathroom to go to. Like it's, it's, it's sickening to some levels, you know, but, um, I think we need to get back on a path to, you know, not to sound like a friggin' total Nazi, but a nationalist posture <laughs> to where, you know, I saw today, I saw today where, you know, somebody was all up in arms about Uganda, some LGBTQ agenda that they had. And it's like, Oh my God. Like they're worried about, Some, you know, crazy laws that they're passing. It's like, hey, why do we have to meddle in everybody else's affairs? It's like, how about if we mind our business for once and take care of this country? I mean, there's people that can't even put food on their tables, you know? We're worried about, you know, friggin' homosexuals or transvestites in Uganda, of all fucking places. I mean, nobody was saying shit when they're tossing homosexuals off of buildings and shit in Saudi Arabia because they're fucking giving us oil, but. Now it's Uganda, it's like, oh man, we better make a big deal about it. Right, right. I could go yeah. all day.
0: <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I going back to the beginning with China, yeah. I mean, just in the past less than a month, you know, uh Z, Z, whatever, you know, he he has gone and, and, and shook hands with Saudi, then yeah. he shook hands with Iran, and then got them into what I think is never gonna be peaceful, but got them talking again, then went back home for a little bit, then flew to Russia and shook hands with Putin. I mean, China's making big moves and I've always labeled Russia as kind of like the paper mache mache tiger, which he's kind of proven to be right. A lot of bravado and not a whole lot of show. You know, you could see how Ukraine's going, that Russia really didn't plan, really didn't know. They don't, it's almost like they didn't know what they were doing, you know? And then, um, and then now, fast forward to the end. Yeah, Uganda. I mean, they took a stance, and uh, that president came out and said, "Yeah, new policy. Um, homosexuality, all that stuff, is now illegal." And uh, yeah, and of course, we've got a report on it over here. Um,
1: good stuff, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what's your what's your take? What's your take on? Uh, you think China's becoming? I mean, I think China's a little more. Um, dangerous to us just simply on this on the stance that we owe them so much goddamn money i think you know they rely on us economically
0: uh, more than anyone else so they have to kind of walk a tightrope for sure um the other thing too is i always when people ask like who do you think is threatening and this and that i'm like just google google earth images at night right and when you when you see the entire earth at night where there's a lot of lights on, that's a superpower. And when you yeah. look at China, there's not really that much light on, right? Yeah. So they still have a lot of like infrastructure development to get sorted and all that, but they are obviously rapidly catching up. They have a fat bank account and, you know, they're following our playbook. They're going yeah. around now and becoming diplomats, right? You've got the yeah. president going around shaking hands with everybody lately. He's finally leaving China and doing, what u.s is usually led the way on and so to me right there that's that's pretty damn scary um okay rotary wing fixed wing you picked rotary wing whistling whistling shit yeah. cans of death <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> what i always said of the you know helicopter never truly flies it just vibrates so fucking hard that the earth rejects it <laughs> so, yeah that is so um, true. <laughs> but yeah i don't know i'm a i'm a you know i Very guess cool. for the sheer mobility factor um and i mean there's a lot of dudes who are pilots but there's not a lot of dudes who are helicopter pilots you know what i mean there's probably way far less dude. i just think it's a little i don't know a little cooler i guess it is I've always always love jumping out of birds out of, out of helos as well you get that that fall factor initially oh, yeah. in your um although one of the craziest stories I was in Yuma, they sent me out there to be a free fall instructor. And I, I luckily got out of those orders after a couple of months, but we were doing a, we were doing a jump Well, we were got in an Osprey. And it's when those things were just falling out of the sky, like crazy. We got into that thing and we're, we're up, up at altitude and um, i sure as shit, all these bells and whistles and shit start going off. And the JM is just like, bail jump, out jump. go out you know clear and pull and we jumped out i think we were like six grand or something and uh Ooh, fun yeah we you know we went out on our main and everything was fun. and but the funnest part was we're sitting out there in the middle of the fucking yuma desert waiting for this bus to come get us for like two hours <laughs> we're out in the middle of nowhere but yeah, that was one of the craziest times. I actually it was like, "Shit, man, that's that's a bucket list." Like bailing out of a bird because things gonna crash. It didn't crash, luckily. It it actually made it a successful landing. But yeah, yeah, shit. those things were sketchy at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Next time I actually rode on one, I caught a caught a bird from. Uh, al-assad down to bajra and it was an osprey and i'd get on that thing we had a bunch of our gear and shit i'm like man i'm like <laughs> this is a sketch yeah <laughs> i hope this fucker doesn't start to crash <laughs> right it's i forgot
0: but there's it's quite the number of people that died before they finally got it right you know um okay Seals versus zombies. Now, this is something only a few—I don't know how many people saw your uh, saw your movie. You know, seals the versus block, zombies, a right? blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was worldwide, Dude. global. Yeah, yeah. So you pick seals, of course. Did seals actually yeah. win at the end? I can't remember. I actually watched it and supported yeah. you.
1: Yeah, yeah. We uh, they they left <laughs> a little a uh, little bit in there to. Um, so they could come back with seals versus zombies too, which ne- was never made. But um, yeah, that was a great experience. Um, although I worked, I worked on another show as well. Uh, like two years ago, it was, it was a walking dead spinoff. It was pretty funny. It is pretty, pretty amazing how, how much zombies have came in, you know, the last several years, just with the technology and the makeup and everything. But, but yeah, yeah. seals versus zombies was a very interesting experience. I went out there to, uh, to be the the tech advisor on the show. And there was, you know, there was a, another team guy on there. There was, um, a, a former Marine who was a professional wrestler. And then there, you know, a bunch of actors. And it was, it was hilarious because, um, I get out there and they're like, Hey, um, you want to play a role in this show? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And there I was like, well, what's the role? And they're like, well, it's playing, um, it's playing the Seal Chief. Do you think you could do that? And I was like, Oh man, that's a that's a that's a rough one. That's a rough <laughs> yeah. one for me. Never done that before. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah you got cool. a
0: yeah. You're rolling there. Was, was that kind of your first time to get like a like? Is that considered like a, the first time to have a big role, speaking role?
1: Yeah, I had some speaking roles on like Transformers, some of the Transformers stuff on like Transformers Four. Um, what did I do after that? Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those, one of those where I had, uh, more, more speaking roles. I was more heavily featured. Um, yeah. And, uh, it was, it was cool too, because there's a guy, uh, Ed Quinn who plays the president of the United States on, on the oval, which is a a BET show. And, uh, he's a great dude. And, um, he, he, it was one of those things where team guys, you know, team guys think they could do anything, but. Mm. And you point a camera in somebody's face and it's like uh, 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 Yeah. I mean you're you literally <laughs> like trying to say your lines and they're like exit frame, I'm like <laughs> like, dude, fuck. Like, where'd you go? <laughs> like Yeah, just be you. I'm like, dude, that's just sketch, man. Dude, like yeah, that's look. funny. Um
0: deployment versus workup oh what happened oh yeah i was i was
1: (laughs) i was showing toby taking a shit over there
0: (laughs) did we get it i don't think we got it oh man um deployment versus workup you pick deployment i could have guessed that but you never know deployments are fun too yeah
1: deployments were like deployments were a place at least for me where you kind of regroup you get jacked you're working out every day you you're you're not always eating right and I guess it really depends too on which which deployments you're talking about too because like some of the pre-911 deploy, deployments you're like man my liver is just shot <laughs> yeah. you're like going to going to Guam or you know going to go the Middle East and you're you know hanging out in Bahrain and stuff like that but um going on all these J sets all over the place and you know you get you get good at Teaching, teaching some of these foreign nations how to throw hand grenades and shit, and you, you know, we we didn't we didn't really work that that much, and then the rest of the time spent doing doing what we call tavern warfare. So, <laughs> but I will yeah. say, that probably about my last six or seven deployments, you know, downrange, it's like you just wanted to get there. You wanted to get there. You wanted to get settled in. You wanted to get in your routine. And then, you know, you're 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 going out doing shit at night, and then you're waking up, you know, you're working out, you're you know, you're a lot more mission focused, obviously, because you're you're, you know, right there in the thick of it. Um and I guess, you know, workups suck. God, like it is. That's it's like getting kicked in the nuts constantly, especially, you know, when you get older. You know, we always equate it to we'd sit back and we'd watch you know the next platoon would roll over like we're sitting in at you know siphon 18 or whatever down (laughs) down in nylon and you know you see the the six by roll up and you see a platoon get out of the six by and you know you 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 see the new guy the tailgate drops the new guy's got all his shit on he's got his his you know belt fed machine gun that weighs 25 pounds with ammo and shit on it and he just leaps out of the back of that thing and just lands, you know, and then you see like the, you know, the two or three platoon guy who's got all his shit off, who jumps out of the back of the truck and then grabs his shit and puts it on. Yeah. And then you see like the fucking chief who's like, or the, you know, the the dude with seven, eight platoons under his belt, that has got all his shit in the back of the, you know, back of the truck who pulls it out of the back of the truck and drops it then climbs down gingerly, then <laughs> bends over, puts yeah. all the shit on, you know, because the, it's the workups that really crush your soul, at least for me. I mean, yeah, it really puts a hurting on you, especially, you know, by the time you've done six, seven, eight, nine deployments, you're just like, man, every, every workup is a year and a half of just taking the ass, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it, it, it definitely hurt I,
0: my knees my shoulders my left hip i mean every single step started to get a little little squirrely and, yeah um yeah you're right the new guys are all like yeah fucking all happy and like
1: let's do this
0: i'm hydrated yeah. let's do it yep. <laughs> more with hollywood stunt tactical advisor kevin kent after the break
2: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com.
0: Pick a lock or blow blow the door off its hinges. Of course, you picked, uh, blow the door. Were you a breacher? Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, and that's why I threw it in there for you. (laughs) Do you have any, uh, do you
1: have an interesting breaching story? Um not really. I have a, a uh, I have quite a few actually. I mean, nothing really crazy other than just, you know, catching shit on fire and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, breacher school obviously was, a, was a hoot on the, on the East coast. You go out, you go out to, um, uh, where's it? Fort, uh, yeah, I know what you're um, in the middle of Virginia Fort yeah. whatever the hell it's called. It'll I'll think to in us a, for a second. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the, most of the breaching, was kind of crazy you know i think some of the funnest funnest breaching stories are watching guys who don't know how to read a door or read a lock you know especially with manual tools sledgehammers and hooligans stuff like that to where you know you got some dude with a sledgehammer just beating the shit out of an outward opening door. (laughs) You're like for the hinges. Look look for the hinges. Yeah. You're like, what the hell are you doing? And then, you know, but, um, I think some of the funnest stories for that, you know, you were running through the house at, at Shaw's and we're going from the back of the house to the front of the house. And, you know, you're going up there and the number one guy runs up there. He's holding on the doorknob. He reached down. He, he turns the knob, he like calls for breacher. And like, I remember I was one of the platoon breachers. I come walking up and it was, it was a door with a lock, but the lock, it was just one of those little things you turn and it was facing us. <laughs> yeah. So literally you could just turn it and open the door. Yeah. So I, I reached up there. I'm like, you're the one man, you're the two man. I'm like, sledge, stand by. And I get up there and I turn the thing and open the doorknob and sling the door open, I'm like open, open, open. And the dude just like looks at me. I'm like, like you dumb shit,
0: <laughs> pretty funny. That's funny, yeah, yeah. I think uh, one of my more memorable ones was in Kuwait. You know, prepping to do the invasion in Iraq, and so yeah. we somebody somebody found like an old underground ammunition bunker. Um, the door was kind of in the side of a of like a you know half rock half sand you know hill, if you will. Yeah, And, uh, so we were like, yeah, we can practice some breaching, you know, it's got this one door and they were like, yeah, you can. The Kuwaitis didn't care. And, um, so we breach it, but no one had been in this, you know, quote unquote facility in probably 20 years. Yeah. And so since so the breach first full and then we're going to like go in and we're going to kind of go through the the movements of CQB and just kind of see what we face and kind of work through the problem sets. Well, we get about i don't know 10 20 feet into this thing and it's uh pitch dark you're going white light that did no good because when we blew the door it picked up every bit of dust oh, that was inside that thing cuz it had no windows it had no ventilation right yeah and uh I mean, we literally had guys in there lost for like 15, 20 minutes. They couldn't find their way back to the door unless we were flashing white lights and creating like a, a chem light trail back to the door. But um, anyway, okay, so next you put, uh, let's see, the pistol versus the pen. Um, you know, of course, you pick pistol, right? So it's a better way of handling things. You're, uh, I figure uh, the pen is like, okay, I'm going to use my words to get myself out of a problem. Or there's the pistol or the sword. And I figured you'd be a pistol kind of guy. And uh, I know that you like a uh, little uh, tavern combat from time to time. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Wouldn't,
1: in, wouldn't in doubt <laughs> punch him in, punch the somebody face. in the face, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I still enjoy shooting. I, I got a huge collection of, of guns and whatnot. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, it is kind of weird when I, when I left the teams, you know, we shoot, SIG, uh, all the time, you know, here's my gratuitous, uh, Glock, uh, <laughs> post here, but, uh, um, yeah. plug, but, um, it, w- cause I, you know, I, I teach actors and stuntmen how to hold guns, how to shoot, how to, you know, how to look the part on camera. And so, you know, it was, it was getting to the point where I was, I'm like, man, it's shooting a, a, a single action pistol you know, versus a two-two-six, which is single action and double action, it's so much easier because you don't have to explain. You know, you don't have to explain. Oh, you're going to have two trigger pulls. You know, the first mm. trigger pull is like 15 pounds, and then you know it's going to reset the trigger, and then you know you're going to then it's going to be in single action. Your trigger pull is going to be you know six or eight pounds or whatever. And you know, especially to actors and people like that who aren't gun people, they're you know it's like like going over their head, but you know, I turned into a Glock guy pretty early on just for the simplicity of of stuff like that. And, um, I actually have a funny story. I was, I was, uh, training, um, Jennifer Garner for her role in, um, in peppermint, uh, a film she did a few years ago. And it was me and, um, Harry Humphreys who's a great mentor of mine. He's, he's a guy you should probably have on the podcast. He's He's a really smart dude, but, uh, yeah, let's do him it. and, uh, Keith Willard, who's another team guy. And he was the stunt coordinator for the show. So we're up at Taryn, Taryn Butler's range, uh, that Taron tactical up in Simi Valley, you know, you see all those videos of him shooting up there. It's all the, all the John wick stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go see John wick Four coming out soon. <laughs> it's already out. I think it came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, So I'm training her and we'd already done a lot of shooting with a, with a Glock and stuff. And we're trying to give her a, a, a look at a bunch of different pistols. And because her, her, her role is she's a housewife that if you haven't seen the show housewife that gets her, her kid and her husband get killed and stuff. So she learns how to train essentially shooting all these different weapons and comes back and avenges their death. So spoiler, um, yeah, it's pretty good. I think I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she looked great. I mean, she'd had some she'd had some uh some training before. She was in the King, I think it was the Kingdom and then she did this show called Alias. So she she's pretty savvy already. Um not to say I've trained her how to do all of that. I mean, I I gave her a refresher, so to speak. But yeah. um all the stuff in the news at the time was all this woke stuff with Harvey Weinstein and all this stuff and something Something the day we were shooting, something that came out in the news about Ben Affleck, who she was married to, about something he gave some interview on MTV or some shit, which irked her, you know. So (laughs) I'm I'm training her and she's got her 226. She's shooting a six. She's got 226 punched out and she's shooting, shooting, shooting. And, you know, we train, you know, when you're done with your scan, everything, all the targets been neutralized, finger off the trigger. And then come back to your high ready, but with a double action pistol, you have to actually decock the pistol so that it's not still in single action. So I'm like, hey, remember remember the difference between the pistols? I'm like, you have to decock the weapon before you bring it back. And she looked at me and she goes, I got a motherfucker I want to decock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. Like, we'll wait for that later. Yeah, needless to funny. say, they're not married anymore. Forever, no, any longer no, later. I don't think they were married at the time. I think they were already split up by then. But oh god, they have children together and stuff. But yeah, funny shit. <laughs> oh, I the inside the tabloid, E-cock.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The tabloid information you have, boy. Um, okay, last sea, air, land. You picked air. You just kind of an air junkie kind of guy, or what?
1: Yeah, um, I I had a lot of air calls. I think I found I found out early on. Um, cause I was a gunner's mate when I first came into the teams, you know, you and I both came in at a time where you had to, you had to have an a school or, a, or a source rating, uh, before you came to buds. So yeah. if you, if you shit the bed or, or quit, then you had something to fall back on when they shit canned you to the fleet. That's so, right. um, so I was a gunners, man, I went to gunners made a school in, in 93 and before I came to buds and Automatically, you show up to your first team, you know, and they're like, "Oh, gunners, man, okay, you're gonna be you're gonna be working in the ordnance department." So my first platoon, I was new guy, you know, secondary ordnance rep, I, you know, kind of learn the ropes from the department head, who's usually a you know a two, three, four platoon guy who's kind of running the department. But I found out early on, I'm like, I'm the new guy in charge of the fucking weapons, so every fucking trip, man, I was on weapons watch. I had to ride, you know, all the shit details, like everywhere i had to ride shotgun with the weapon and you know it's like god this I, and, and there's really no trips we go on where we don't bring weapons and so um i was also secondary air rep um and i was like man but i didn't have any quals for air so i was like well shit man I'm like like got back started my second platoon i had talked to the to the chief I was like hey i want to you know i want to get some air qual. So I went to static line jump master right away and, uh, went to rigor school right away. And I, you know, just went, went from there, you know, wound up as an air ops trainer with, uh, I got about 300 and something jumps. I'm not a, 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 a sky God by any stretch of the imagination. I, I fall like a friggin' grease bowling ball, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I always, I always love jump days, you know, jump weeks, stuff like that i loved i loved the the adrenaline rush of jumping i actually blew my knee out on a static line jump up in fort lewis washington we we jumped uh out of a c141 after we dropped our bundle our fucking bundle was like three clicks away man like dudes landed in trees it was overcast yeah it was like man what a fucking (laughs) shit show this is like they're like like, oh, I think he's good. The, the CEO was out there. Like I think he's, I think he's good. Let's get, let's get him up. See, if we can get his ruck on him. And I'm like, dude, my, I'm pretty sure my knee is fucked. And they're like <laughs> going, they're like trying to help me up. And that's the first time I, I looked down. And as I tried to stand up, my left knee, like bent oh, at man. the side. And wow. I'm like, Aww! I'm like now, nah. and yeah. finally uh, master chief gay, was out there for training cell and he goes yeah no fuck this he's like grabbed my rock and like you know hucked it in the vehicle it's like dude this guy needs to go to the fucking hospital he's fucked up Damn. so that was a good yeah. time yeah good time bad day eight, you know it's kind of all the yeah. same eight eight, <laughs> knee sur- eight knee surgeries later it's my knee is perfect. Oh, yeah Just kidding it's, ro- <laughs> it's robotic now yeah yeah, don't you wish. Um, Modern medicine at Balboa Hospital.
0: <laughs> that's Navy medicine, buddy. That's the best in the world. Um, all right. Good stuff, man. That's a great warm-up. Okay, now let's get started. You ready? Oh, shit. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> all right, so yeah. give, me, give me a second.
0: Yeah, there you go. Get a little, there he is. Yep, little Tito. No, I was just kidding. That's, the lid was on. Tito's, Austin, Texas. Good stuff right there. Um, okay, we've already learned a lot about you. Got a lot got a lot under our belt so far. Twenty-one years, active duty SEAL. You, you, you retired as senior chief or chief? Oh man, I, I was barely a chief. Barely that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had yeah. um Yeah, you never got knocked down, did you? Or no? I can't remember. Yeah, you did. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> knocked down a, uh, yeah. Well actually I take that back. I actually actually I I never did, actually. My first time I went to Mast. Yeah um i had just put on e5 and they gave me a suspended bust ah that's what it was and then i picked up chief pretty early i picked up chief in in like um i want to say like six years in the in the in the navy i picked up e6 and then i I was in e6 for like 11 and a half years or some shit that's right I, i picked up chief at 18 years and i was like jesus christ man like who who do I have to blow to make fucking chief? Cause I did, <laughs> I did like four platoon LPOs, dude. I was sale of the year at seal team five, like all this shit. And like, they're like, Nope, didn't make it. I had, dude, I remember when I came back to team five from SQT, dude, I was like the only cat at my team for sure. that had every single supervisory RSO yeah. letter, letter designation. And they were, they were like, the dudes that I work for, like my senior chiefs and master chiefs in in the task unit, were like, "Hey, can you sign off my letter designation?" I'm like, "Dude, what the fuck?" I'm like, "How am I <laughs> an E six more qualified than the master chiefs?" You know, and they were that was that was my biggest thing in in the teams. Whereas, you know, you would see cats that would that would pick up chief, you know, not saying names. I mean, uh, obviously, they judge performance on several different levels, and you know. Yeah who knows who knows what what cookie cutter formula they're using year to year but i remember times when dudes would pick up chief and i'm like dude what the fuck i put that dude through training at sqt <laughs> you know yeah. and the dude can't run a dude can't run a jump can't run a dive can't run a range i'm like how the fuck is he a fucking platoon chief and they're like well he had a really good deployment i was like fuck i guess yeah yeah so, and then there's the politics buddy then there's yeah. the politics yeah yeah yeah, so I punched out. That's what made. That's what gave me my 21st year because I wanted to get my high three for E7. So I was like, shit, yeah. I'll, I'll just stick it out for the extra whatever. $200 I get a month for my retirement.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, don't you know. I was the opposite of you. I made chief okay. in like
0: Our nine years. I made, I made Chief in nine years and then never went anywhere after that. <laughs> but yeah. I also took like this very obscure route. It was the, you know, we stood up all of the AFO, ASO stuff and it was all very new at the time and nobody knew what it was. And yeah. I enjoyed it because it was, you know, singleton, you are like deploying by yourself kind of stuff. Yeah. And to me, that was, that was so much fun that I, once I made Chief, honestly, I didn't really care about making any other ranks after that. I, you know, I just didn't yeah. care. And so I was in an obscure position for so long that, you know, I think now they've got it all figured out, but at the time they didn't. So you you look at my eval and even though it said I was doing some cool stuff, they hadn't developed a review process for cool yeah. stuff they only yeah, had the absolutely. traditional review spot oh he's a seal did he go to this did he go to that even though i'd you know dive soup and you know every single yeah. same as you right you go through all the courses yep. but that didn't matter once i moved into that little more uh sensitive slash you know clandestine world so but yeah it was
1: <laughs> yeah i i got there yeah. quick
0: and then that uh, yeah. was it for
1: that was no, it for the I, rest of the career. I have no regrets and i mean i mean, I loved, I loved being a, being a friggin' sled dog and knuckle yeah. dragon mouth breather, you know, being, a, I, I lucked out being able to deploy as many times I did, you know, going to Iraq like five times. And just, I mean, a lot of people, when I remember the first time I came back from deployment, um, one of my wife's cousins was like, it's like, damn, it's like, I'm so sorry. Like, fuck, it sucked. You had to go to Iraq. And I was like, fuck don't yeah. be sorry i'm like dude that's <laughs> what i have i've been training my whole life to do this shit you know it's like yeah. it's like one of the things that i would like imagine being training training as a as a barber for years and years and years and and you're relegated to showing up every day at a barbershop sitting in a fucking corner watching other people cut hair you know right. it's like, right yeah. you know it, it is
0: odd know. i i tell people all the time it's 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 the only career where the pinnacle of it is war, right? Yeah. Like you train, 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 and all you're doing is hoping to go use the training in a real world event. And then when it comes, you're like, holy shit, you know, then it's like game on. All all you want is more and more and more. Yeah. There's not too many careers like that. Not even law enforcement. Law enforcement, they may under their breath, you know, SWAT team guys say to me and you, Man, I hope yeah. I get to, you know, smoke somebody. Oh but yeah. that's not their job their job exactly. is to enforce the law whereas we can get away with saying yeah i hope we get to smoke somebody yeah. we can say it all the time because that's yeah. that's all you're supposed to do not
1: learn languages agreed yeah, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty crazy and I, I i did i do remember the sharp the stark contrast you know first first pump down range and actually our team relieved you guys i remember seeing you at ali Asalim. Oh, that's right. Air base yeah. in Kuwait. When you, I think you were a platoon LPO. Yeah. And, uh, there's a couple team three cats that were staying, staying back to jump in our platoon. And, yeah. you know, of course I'm, I'm canvassing all the LPOs and chiefs like, Hey, you know, how's this guy? And, you know, that's like the worst, the, the funniest thing you can say, you know, uh, a team guy, a team guy, you're like, <laughs> Hey, how's this guy? He's like, Oh, he's yeah. He's a good, dude. You're yeah. like, no motherfucker like yeah really how is he they're like <laughs> he's, he's good i'm like oh okay well would you would you want to do another platoon with him? Like, oh no no fuck no that guy's a fucking cancer you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's so funny yeah but, but we all but hate each other fucking... and we all love each other you know it's kind of how it is oh, absolutely and everybody's <laughs> yeah. everybody's got their own you know everybody's yeah. got their own and, and stuff like that and in, in the teams but um that's right i forgot about yeah. that yeah
0: we came back and we were all disgruntled, but it depend on which part of that initial push, you know, the beginning and then the end was really good. The middle was, was the part where I forgot who it was. That was like the, they didn't have task unit commanders at that point yet. All our verbi, all the verbiage changed and evolved as the war went on. But whatever yeah. the equivalent was, we had a total, like, you know safety security conscious kind of guy running the show and just irritated the crap out of us. Cause he just kept saying, no, no, no. Um, but then once you got moved under the right, you know, ground commanders, yeah. then you're like, Oh, now we're working. Oh, now we're doing cool stuff. Now we're doing cool stuff. And then you get stuck with some, and we were moving ahead of the war. You know, a lot of times our platoon was ahead of that, that Marine line, but yeah. probably one of the most memorable moments. And, uh, that now you reflect on it's kind of cool is, we were in Onnasaeria. It was the Jessica Lynch rescue and all that crap. Yeah, and yeah. the guy running that whole area at the time was Colonel uh, Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we show up, he comes out, and he's the first. He was the first time where General Kelly was put a star on in a combat environment since I think like Vietnam, right? Oh shit. And so, yeah, we were kind of in the area for all that when he went from Colonel to General. And then, of course, then he, you know, is on Trump's staff. You know, you fast forward so many years later. And, yeah. Uh, pretty amazing. Just uh, the amount of people and experiences that, that whole time
1: period we were in, we got to touch. Right. It's just so cool. Yeah. It's almost surreal. Yeah. No, it's absolutely crazy, too, seeing Iraq 2003 to Iraq 2013. You know, yeah. so it's like 10 years and you're like, man fucking starbucks we, man we <laughs> fucked this place up <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. and and going back to what i was saying earlier too you know the whole the being the barber uh analogy you know i i that was one of the first times too i saw a stark contrast in the way that other agencies or uh, other units were trained Cause you know, we're hauling ass down the middle of route Irish on the wrong side of the fucking roads and driving on medians and slamming cars out of the way. And like doing, I mean being risk adverse. Cause I'm like, dude, we're not stopping for fucking traffic and making ourselves targets. You know, we were legitimately always moving, driving like frigging Mad Max, you know, and you know, we would cruise through the middle of downtown Baghdad and you'd see, you know, these, these random ass, checkpoint set up with these thin skin humvees and you have some national guard dude like sitting up in the gun turret eating a damn piece of freaking cracker and cheese getting blasted (laughs) through the head you know you're like dude like don't make yourself as much of a target you know and you you know i kind of felt bad you know i had some cats from the from the uh the unit uh that back back home i grew up in tennessee there was some some guys uh that deployed in the national guard unit. And I'm like, God damn, man, like you guys are really sticking out. I mean, obviously we get, you know, the deal, we get a, a shit ton of funding and shit ton of training and, you know, to, to yeah. strictly do that. And, you know, you have some, some cat who maybe came in to, to get some college money and, now you dudes had li- limited training he went to boot camp and then it's it's two weekends a, you know one weekend a month two weeks a year for the next four years trying to earn his college money get sent down range and like get shot through the fucking face eating a goddamn mre cracker you know it's like dude <laughs> yeah yeah it is really too bad i remember yeah start difference in our
0: in, in in our own training you know rolling in and 2003 with these you know Humvees made of plastic they weren't armored up and we had oh, more man. shit on there than we knew what to do with we're, we're, we had literally tents that we bought at some local camping store in Kuwait yeah. like oh this will be our shelter you know while we head
1: on in and you know had you know. fucking wind storms and shit yeah like brown <laughs> so, out you're like great yeah it was uh, bought some goggles
0: and then you fast forward a couple of years and it's like holy shit light and day you know we finally got on step um golden comics box opened oh yeah the money started pouring in um damn man i think we could go on for uh another hour but we got to get into your game we got to like see if you're going to survive this thing you ready Uh-oh. you ready for this yeah. i don't know i'm not hope even so. ready for this more with hollywood stunt tactical advisor kevin kent after the break All right, here we go. For this scenario, you will be out on a 30-foot boat, okay? Out at sea fishing with a good friend. We're just going to call your good friend Bob for right now. Bob is near the end of his life though. And for one of his last wishes, he asked you to take him fishing. Just you and him on the ocean alone. Bob is in his 60s, but he has some terminal illness. Not sure which one, okay? As you prepare for your adventure with Bob, do you A, uh, pack some extra snacks for you and Bob and then go pick him up? Or B, check the weather forecast for the area that you're gonna be fishing.
1: I can't do both, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, more than likely, more than likely, I'm gonna check the weather. Um, because usually when movie. I go fishing, I like to have a liquid diet, so probably not gonna be eating too much shit anyway. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'm gonna check the weather. Yes, I would agree with
0: you uh checking the weather first and prepare accordingly like a good sailor by the way i know we're not very good sailors us seals but we're some people think we are snacks are a good idea right oh yeah and the boys prepared that was yep, an eagle scout go, too <laughs> and an eagle scout <laughs> um after you check the weather uh and of course checking all other you know pertinent information um you know rough waters uh can you check sharks now can you do shark reports (laughs) road closures and delays hazards in route okay you check everything right you check the weather and it looks clear for the day so next do you a grab those damn snacks you know because kevin likes snacks and hit the road or b go ahead and do a quick dummy check of you know all the
1: things you might need um i think i'm gonna probably do a dummy check um yeah yeah i mean realistically like i said i don't i don't know when i go when i go uh <laughs> when i go fish i'm i'm traditionally not <laughs> not looking to have a four course meal out on the water um but you know i'm more i'm more uh you know an ounce of prevention is worth a pound uh, what is it? an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of uh, flesh sure so, what is it? What's a, I don't know. Whatever it is, but yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think you hit it nail on the head. You got you got to be prepared, and uh, doing a dummy check will kind of make sure that you don't end up being the dummy once you're out at sea, right? Exactly. So you're checking your maps, nautical charts, you're you know making sure you know where you're going. First aid kit, GPS check, you know flotation, all the things that are required by the Coast Guard. You know maybe even a harpoon or two. Why not, right? You never know what you might run into. Um, so you do your uh, so you do your dummy check, and you proceed to pick up Bob. You and Bob arrive at the dock where you'll be renting your thirty-foot boat with outboard motors. Do you a ask the person at the boat rental if they have any tips about the waters or nautical charts in the area, anything like that, or just b load up supplies and go for it.
1: no i'm gonna i'm gonna probably pick the dude's brain uh especially you know if the if the motor is good to go you know what's the deal with this thing is it is it is this boat a total shit box because it's it's obviously a rental so it's like a rental car and you know that's the only car you can drive 100 miles an hour in reverse and throw it into drive right yeah no but yeah i'm more apt to uh <laughs> to get some some pointers from from the guy i'm renting the renting the boat from yeah
0: i'm with you always talk to the locals they know what's going on um any any extra any 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 extra info you can get about the waters will obviously be helpful um any of the charts weather wildlife patterns good that you know spots about, good fishing spots is key yeah um the kid renting you the boat, to, renting the boat to you, mentions that there's been some shark sightings in the area recently. Um, the kid helps you load up your supplies, and you and Bob get in. Uh, you're you're almost on your way. Bob wants to drive the boat, though. Okay, it's another wish he's got here at the end of his life. So, do you a do a last check on all systems, or just let Bob take you out to sea? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I'm checking everything before I <laughs> yeah. pitch off that dock. Especially me and Bob. I, don't, I I mean he's my boy, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm checking I'm checking and rechecking everything. That's just yes. the type of person I am. Yeah. I think the I think the career does that.
0: So yeah, yeah, you check all systems, and make sure everything's working. You got you got you got all the gas you're gonna need. Um, you're checking comms. You're checking everything. You're making sure your boaters run. They lower. They raise. or They do everything's functioning properly. And uh, the kid says it's been doing. You know, it's been doing things just fine. Everything seems to be good to go. Uh, leaving it down, the motors in the water the whole time isn't a big deal. Uh, they also don't have any other boats available for rental, so you're kind of stuck with the motors in the down position. So. You might be able to trim them a little bit, but you're uh, you're certainly not getting them out of the water. Um, The minutes in the day are ticking. So now you got to you got to take Bob out to sea. So you head out with Bob at the helm. Oh, God. Um, You've been heading out to sea for about an hour and are well away from the shore um and you and i both know you get to about what seven seven nautical miles out you can't see the can't see land anymore depending on how tall you are in the boat but uh between seven and 14 miles yeah can't see crap um you can see some uh, storm clouds in the distance okay so there goes your uh there goes the weatherman um so do you a head out a little further because why not and really mm-hmm. show bob some action or b Stay in the area that you're at
1: and cast lines and let's get the fishing going. <laughs> yeah. I'm more apt to uh stay where I'm at or even maybe come in a little bit closer once I start seeing storm clouds, because obviously uh it's hard to adjust and detect how fast clouds and shit are moving up on you, you know. That's right. And the last thing you want is a damn cloud on top of you, especially if it starts lightning and shit, and you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah, that's no fun. It ain't like you're going
0: anywhere. No, and it's slowing down, slows down your exit strategy because when the sea state starts to go, so does your speed. Um, There's probably no need to go any further out to sea. So, roger that, good answer, Uh, especially with the storm clouds in the distance. So you and Bob cast your lines and get the fishing going. Then you see what looks like to be about a 15 foot shark nearby. Okay, that's not small. The shark rams your boat, okay, straight out of Jaws, and almost knocks you guys in. Do you, A, fire up the motors and flee ASAP, or B, pull up your lines, leave slowly, and as you do, chum the water behind you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think if my boat's getting rammed, I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Um. I don't know about chum in the waters yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know if i if i've caught if i've caught some fish i might toss one in maybe it'll distract the distract the shark to let us get out of there a little diversion tactic but um yeah i'm probably getting the fuck out of there especially if it almost knocked me in the water yeah so you're kind of a hybrid between a
0: and b but you're still pulling lines and doing all the right stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. okay um yeah there's probably no need to go any further out um you're pulling lines um and with the boat of that size and the in the motor uh yeah you should be safe from the shark um but pulling up your lines and and going slow could be safer if the shark is very large uh and attacking you for some reason chumming the water behind you you know could hopefully uh keep him from following you right you're just kind of dumping all your stuff out distract yeah. him long enough so that you can go and keep him away
1: from you and the old man you got in the boat all right I think so if worst you- comes to worse you could probably just toss Bob in the water <laughs> I mean he's gonna fucking die anyway so there fucking- you go you might <laughs> you might be going somewhere with this all right like the old adage you know the combat <laughs> swimmer you stab yeah. your buddy stab your buddy <laughs> and cut, cut your buddy line be, be
0: always be faster than your buddy that's right um so as you pull the lines the shark hits the boat again Bob falls in the water I think you're I think you read this scenario ahead of time oh shit okay so do you a instruct Bob to get to the bow or instruct Bob to get to the stern most people don't even know which one of those are yeah why don't you enlighten us
1: say I'm gonna say get to the stern I think it's going to be a little easier to pull him in from the stern versus the bow, um, although, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely, the, the, the bow is going to be more out of the water than the stern. I think it's going to be yeah. easier to pull him in. Yeah, with a boat that size, 30 feet, yeah, you, uh, yeah, um, that has a motor
0: and you should be, uh, yeah, you're right. You want you instruct, to instruct Bob to go to the stern as quickly as possible, buddy, but as calmly as possible to the Get stern those legs are kicking Bob and that is for all of you non-nautical minds out there that is the back of the boat okay the back of the boat and that's uh and so when someone falls in yeah you usually either go to the back and usually sometimes there's a ladder or Jacob's ladder something that's always on the aft side anyway or aft in yeah um so Bob makes his way to the stern as you help pull him in the boat he pulls you over to the edge and now you fall in the water. Okay? Uh, now Bob's in the water and you're in the water. and there's blood all around you. From the boat, Bob says, "I think I cut my foot on the prop." And yep, Bob's blood is all around you and uh, and you see the shark coming towards you. Well, you at least see a very large dorsal fin, okay, and it's not a dolphin. Do you, a? punch through the water as hard as you can towards the shark's nose or B gouge the eyes and gills of the predator. Ooh, which one is it? The one you hear about or the one you don't? I go for the eyes and the gills. Yeah. That's what I would do too I'll see what the answer says here yes B gouge out the eyes I think the big key here is you always hear about punching but you and I both know you try to punch in the water it's like yeah. slow motion yeah you know the impact on the nose isn't really gonna be as great as you think You're like
1: a pillow fight <laughs> yeah
0: and um, of course if you if you see those eyes yeah go for the eyes go for the gills create pain some kind of destruction on that thing you know it's still it's still a pretty uh pretty one-sided yeah it's yeah. a bad
1: situation but they do say dolphins will actually attack sharks and and nose them in the gills right if they're trying to that's right
0: yeah out. yeah a couple of dolphins will kill a great white um because the speed they get up they get so fast um yeah, yeah good answer all right you know, a lot of people think, yeah, it's punching the nose, but I think creating pain with the eyes and the gills is a good way to go. Um, you got to basically become a savage and inflict pain, and uh, you know, be be more ruthless than the shark you face. <laughs> good luck.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you.
0: Offenses. Yeah. So you. So you rip at its eyes and gills, um, and it gives you enough time to pull yourself, you know, basically over the stern into the boat. Um, it's also beginning to rain and get dark out, okay? So things just got really bad. Nice. So do you, A, full throttle and get the fuck out of there, or B, bandage up Bob's lacerated foot?
1: Um, <laughs> I would get the fuck out of there, and I would instruct Bob to put direct pressure on his own foot. Self-aid, buddy-aid, corman-aid. So he's going to self-aid his his own yeah. dumb ass, that's right. while I get on the throttle and get the fuck out of Dodge I like it, yes, yeah. go
0: full throttle don't be dicking around and yeah, Bob, you're a grown man, take care of yourself, buddy good job yeah, you gotta get out of there um, always defer to what will kill you first right, you have a storm rolling in and a shark attack in your boat you gotta get away from the shark first, and also get away from the storm. So you full throttle up back towards shore. The shark doesn't chase you. Not that you would know if it was chasing you. You seem to be outpacing the storm, so that's good. You throw a bandage on Bob's foot as you finally approach the arena. A, get the boat docked ASAP and get Bob to the hospital, or B, manage your wake and approach the dock slowly for other people's safety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah, I mean I'm not going to come in frigging like a banshee. Uh I think the only way that uh that that would that scenario would necessitate ne- you know would would make me want to fucking haul ass like that is if he was just like literally bleeding out or something, you yeah. know, like hey and I would need to be on the phone like with 911 like paramedics waiting you know me me slamming in the dock, crashing the boat and potentially putting my dumb ass <laughs> in water isn't going to help anything so yeah i'm going to proceed slow and cautiously dock the boat and then uh get get bob get bob fixed up good so answer no more yes. casualties
0: yeah i think you uh yeah kind of a trick question because yeah you're if you if you gun it in there you're just you could potentially create more injuries and all kinds of other problems for yourself other than the the shark and the storm um and yeah bobs injured but it's just a it's just a cut at the end of the day and yeah it might look scary but he's probably not going to bleed out but uh and believe it or not, this ha- this scenario happens to be based on a true story. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so good job. Nice. Except the difference is they actually crashed into the dock. They came in screaming, we got injured people, injured people, and then crashed into the dock. It was awesome. Nice. Great story. But uh, good job, Kevin. You have survived this podcast and uh, awesome nice. catching up with you, talking to you. But I've got one last thing for you, all right? Oh, this shit. one's gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Who's Turns out mo- Bob is gay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, he may be. I don't know. He really <laughs> likes you, though. He really likes you. Um, okay. Who is the most famous person in your
1: phone right now? Famous person in my phone. In your oh, phone. man. Yeah. Who's the most famous person? Uh, I don't know. I guess there's various, stories. I think there's various degrees of, of famousness. Um, Who's the most widely known guy you got in there? I don't know. I got I got John Krasinski. I got Michael Bay. Um, can you yeah. uh, FaceTime one of them for me? Oh, shit, dude. I don't know. Let's, Let's
0: get John. <laughs> Kras- Go ahead. Let's FaceTime him. Just tell him oh, you're shit. on a podcast and you've been put on the spot. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me text him first. <laughs> Let's do this. It's this going to be awesome. We have a scenario for him.
1: I actually have Joe Rogan's number (laughs) two. Whichever one. Like, hey, I'm on a podcast now. He would be like. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let me let me see. Yeah. Let's do this. This is interesting. yeah it could be All fun. Right. it's it got delivered let me see if he'll let me see if he'll facetime me probably <laughs> yeah. won't but this might be know. asking a little too much right he's a busy guy yeah. <laughs> at least he gave it a shot i'll give him i'll give him a couple seconds and then i'm just gonna i'm just gonna facetime him I'll okay see what happens. yeah tell him it's an emergency it's an emergency dude, the cops are after me. I'm coming to your house.
0: (laughs) Like what? Well, no, you need to, you need to pick an A-lister that's bigger than him and say, Hey, he wants to talk to you. (laughs) Right. I'm with, let's see, who would it be though? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm with
1: Arnold and he wants to say hi. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of somebody that would actually, uh, answer a, a, a FaceTime. facetime call yeah. i mean it is it is thursday in the middle of the day so <laughs> I mean, he's, he's probably directing something right now more than likely yeah which is kind of funny
0: well that's all right you know if you can't all pull right. it off you know i was just checking you know, I know. Just, here,
1: nope here we go
0: let's see what happens facetime and which one are you facetime right now john let's see oh yeah i can see yep no any answer yet doesn't no. look good <laughs> all right well we gave it a shot awesome man i'll wait i'll wait till it, it hangs up <laughs> yeah literally, real, literally wear it out <laughs> he's not hitting the he's not hitting the fuck you button on <laughs> you so that's a good sign
1: no facetime unavailable <laughs> all right well we gave
0: it a try buddy yeah all right well hey it was awesome catching <laughs> up with you Kevin I appreciate you taking the time out I had a whole lot of fun with you absolutely no, uh, awesome's yeah, it's been it's really been great watching you on social and everything and all the good stuff you're doing you've really done a good job transitioning to a whole new identity out there and that's that's a hard thing for some team guys to do so uh, good on you man good stuff and thank you for your service thank you for your time and I wish you the best of luck with everything else you got going on
1: absolutely thank thanks to you as well um you know I, I i love what you're doing you're doing great shit man and uh you know i i i definitely like the positive message the 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 not the spin but the 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 podcast itself and what you're doing is is great because it's the it's kind of the same deal every time so and me and actually me and harry humphreys we talked about potentially doing a podcast together yeah. and and Coming up with a format to where it would be something like, um, you know, twenty questions, almost like the, uh, you know, who who was it? The late was it Letterman that would would ask the same questions over and over? Or somebody? Oh or yeah, he had a definitely had a format but, of questions yeah. that he asked so, everybody. I, yeah. I, I dig I dig that. I dig the scenario, and uh, good stuff, man. I love yeah. it. Well, so I anything you, I can man. do to help support you, let me know. Awesome, awesome. Well. Stay tuned for uh, Obliterated Season 1, which is a Netflix show I just worked on. Actually, I'm going out next week to do reshoots in Albuquerque. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be a funny friggin' show. So, shameless plug there for myself. All right. We'll be looking for you, Kevin. We'll <laughs> yeah. be looking for you. Good stuff. All right.
0: Thank you very much. And if anybody wants to contact you and learn more about you, do you have a website or anything?
1: Yeah. It's um, actually therealkevinkent.com or k-squared.cc is my website for my my company's k-squared incorporated. Um I got a shit ton of stickers, of course I don't have any on me right now, but um <laughs> <laughs> um actually my
0: nice I like the that real
1: man. Ken.com. there's my logo k-squared put it on my yeah. all my, Look at all you. my stuff yeah
0: all right yeah good there you have it the real kevin or uh k squared and uh Uh, or just google yeah just google exactly there we go you'll find everything you want military technical
1: advisor it'll probably come to my website all right
0: well hey thank you again buddy absolutely we'll be be talking to to you you soon. soon all right thank you